0: We are finally at session three of, what's it even called? I don't even remember. Foundations of Honor. Danny Silk's Foundations of Honor. Guys, the whole, the whole theme of, of this subject is honor. When we planted this church... The, the, the top three, I know I said I wasn't going to preach, and this is not a preach. I'm just going to give a preface to the teaching here, a pre-word to the Word. Our top three, I don't even know what you call it, the, our triad, our, our the three stools on, the, the three legs of the stool, I don't know, it's a three-legged stool. The, the three high points of what we wanted to establish as a church was the presence of God, Okay? I think we've all figured that out, that we're all about the presence. We are a people of his presence. That the church would be family, okay? and that is what we, we long to see is the body of Christ flowing together and being a spiritual family. God wants to bring the solitary, the lonely into a family, and they're all out there looking for fellowship, looking for family where they're broken in their own families. Even if you don't have a broken family the family, knowing that God is a father and his people, our spiritual family, is so important to us. We don't want to be just a, a get-together, bless-me club, like a country club, and then we leave and you know, we go do our own thing and never talk to each other. So, the presence of God, church as a family, in a culture of honor. And honor is where we, we recognize the value and the gifting of God in everyone around us. And we... We call out the gold in one another. We, we honor one another just as Jesus honored us. Do you know that he honored you? When you were still a sinner, when you were rebellious and, and hating God, he, he valued you, he honored you so much that he chose to take your sin upon himself even before you had a chance to say, Jesus, will you forgive me and come into my life? That is how God honored you. He valued you, he honored you, he chose you. And we are called to honor one another, to esteem one another and value each other. So this whole culture of honor will flow together even more, more something extravagant, in a greater way, in a more better way, as we learn how to walk together with a foundation of honor. And tonight's topic is going to help us even more as we learn about part one of two and three about confrontation. And another word for confrontation is feedback. (laughs) Feedback. Instead of thinking of confrontation in a negative way, think of it as feedback. I need to give you some feedback. I need you to give me some feedback apparently you need to give me some feedback the way you're looking at me (laughs) okay so here we go danny silk session three 12-minute video (laughs) anytime told you it was a short one I know there's probably a lot of language in there that you're like, yeah, "What does he mean?" When give you space to happen and all that stuff, but whoa, man, it's electrical in this place. Like, do you see that? It's like sparks flying. That thing's dead. Ah, I'll just do this. If you have an interjection, I'll pass you the little, the little yeah. tiny mini microphone.
1: <laughs> the,
2: the microphone and the power That's
0: right. We've worn out. Let's do this. So. Let's just start off with a fun thought as I go turn the volume down a little bit. If, if we do something in our relationships between one another that doesn't set right, and I never say anything to you, I just bottle it up, I just, shh, I just, I just bottle it up, and I just try to get a, go along to get along, what's gonna happen eventually? Anybody? Do you know what's going to happen eventually? I'm going to freaking explode (laughs) and I'll leave probably. That happens so much in our lives because we, we don't take these tools that we're going to look at and use them. They're uncomfortable tools to use confrontation me being vulnerable telling you how your behavior affects me and then me being quiet long enough for you to tell me how my behavior affects you is super uncomfortable cuz we're getting beneath the surface with one another but with a purpose ultimately to strengthen our relationship that we could we don't have to part ways we don't have to explode and then cut ties and I'm off to another church and you're off to another church and man, if I run into you at the grocery store, I'm going to go down another aisle. (laughs) You guys laugh because you know that feeling. I know that feeling. I've been there. I mean, we're probably semi there with people in the past. So this is so important for us to have a, a church that is built on the presence of God, our relationships together as family that flow together in a way of honor, then we have to learn how to deal with conflict that comes in, because it's going to happen. If we're in a place where we never have any conflict, then we're just like in a church of clones, and we all are too much alike, and it's just going to be boring and bland. So let's just dive right on into it. You guys ready before the yawning starts? (laughs) Okay. So we are on foundation stone number seven. I was thinking it would be kind of good, maybe if I get a, a drop chart or something, I don't know, something to, to have up here with every foundation stone we've covered so far, one through six, and then we'll be like number seven, the need for feedback. So foundation stone number seven, the need for feedback. Let's see, how am I gonna do this? I should have just went and put batteries in the microphone. It's okay, just have people read out loud so they can record. I'm recording. I'll come over. Yeah, just talk right here. Talk right here into my chest. It might smell like it might smell like patchouli, but. Yeah. All right. Who wants to read a scripture for me? Matthew 18. Who's going to read it? I'll come over there with the microphone. It's got a long cord, so I don't have to get too close. You want to read? Are you a good reader? Okay. We'll see. And you don't have to.
3: What am I? I'm just reading the. Yeah, just read the scripture. If a fellow believer hurts you, go and tell him. Work it out between the two of you. If he listens, you've made a friend. If he won't listen, take one or two others along so that the presence of witnesses will keep things honest and try again. If he still won't listen, tell the church. And if he won't listen to the church, you'll have to start over from scratch. Confront him with the need for repentance and offer again God's forgiving love. A rebuke, a quiet rebuke to a person of good sense does more than a whack on the head of a fool.
0: (laughs) Oh, Maybe that should be the tattoo that I get. (laughs) A quiet rebuke to a person of good sense does more than a whack on the head of a fool. And you can have a tattoo of a face with stars swirling around it and a club coming down some good scriptures. So the term confrontation triggers anxiety for many people, especially me, simply because the experience of confrontation often involves vulnerability, stress, and pain. Yet healthy confrontation is essential to preserving relational connections, essential. In every kind of relationship, wherever there are people. Various types of conflict are bound to rise, are bound to rise. Unresolved conflict, here we go, it rapidly erodes safety and connection in relationships. People who avoid confrontation end up with unhealthy, low trust, fragile relationships. I'm gonna walk on eggshells around you because I don't want to make this thing explode. Healthy confrontation approaches relational conflict as medicine approaches injury and illness. Preventing conflict is our first priority, followed by a proactive plan to confront and resolve conflict when it arises. You guys good so far? Okay. I've said this before. Um, I'll, just, I'll just do this. If you really are like oh, the screen is over with now. I should have taken a screenshot or maybe you don't want to take pictures with your phone. The, the book that comes with this curriculum has all of this information in it. So if you really are like, I got to get this in me. Some of us are like sponges and we're just like, yeah, this makes sense. So I can do that. But if some of you might want some study material, um, just let us know at the end of the meeting and we'll, we'll get a book in your hand. Okay. Examine your foundation. Here's a couple questions. Has your experience of confronting people and or being confronted been positive or negative? And what would you say is essential to resolving relational conflict? If anyone in the room would like to just give their experience with these two questions, I'll come over with the microphone. No. I mean, you don't have to name names. We'd figure out who it is, probably. (laughs) We're family. Anybody? Well, the obvious, you know, has your experience of confronting or being confronted been positive or negative? I'm sure we would all say, yeah, both. Positive and negative. Positive and negative. Okay, so, so we all agree that... The experience of being confronted and having to confront somebody has been both positive and negative in different situations, right? So what would you say is essential to resolving relational conflict? What was the thing that helped resolve it if you can remember a successful resolution in a conflict? Being honest. Being honest? There you go. That's That's good. Someone might listen.
3: Uh, you're determined to have a, a positive outcome. You're determined to save or steward the relationship because you care about the relationship and the person. So you're going to work at the communication until you get on the same page. You know, it doesn't have to be who's right or who's wrong. You're just trying to get to that equal space. So when you can't have a good outcome anyway,
0: sounds like you guys had a good anniversary. <laughs> 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 the look on David's <laughs> face. So, so so that's. Oh, Ethan, come on! I wasn't even going that direction. So, I, I'm teasing these guys, but in a marriage relationship, the commitment level to working through conflict probably is a lot higher than if it's just a friend or someone in the church, right? Because yeah. we don't even use the D word. That's a no-fly zone. Yep. Okay, I mean, for Tammy and I, a couple spoke that in the church we were a part of. He said, the word divorce is a no-fly zone. We will yep. never, in in their marriage, they said, we will never use that word. It is not an option. And Tammy and I were like, amen, amen. Preferring the other person, yep. Valuing our connection, our covenant relationship. He uses the word covenant relationship a lot in this curriculum. That might be newer terminology for some of us. Covenant relationship. Um, some churches will hear, some Christians will hear that, and they'll think, "Ooh, you know, cults use that language." Um, a lot of your fivefold ministry churches, like ours, the streams that we're we've all been kind of we've come from up to this time now, have, have history and roots in movements that use language like covenant relationship. Um, a lot of it came in the shepherding movement, which is a, a bag of interesting information all on its own, but, but and some people just refuse to, to use it. We had a pastor say, we will never use that kind of language in this church. They didn't want covenant relationships. So... I think people have a misunderstanding of what that means they think that's something a little bit too unhealthy or controlling or something but really what it comes down to is you and i are in a covenant with jesus right we are we are in the new covenant with him we belong to him based on his sacrifice on the cross and as christians we are as christians in the covenant with jesus that makes us a part of the same covenant with him and so we get to choose to walk in covenant with one another and when one of us chooses to no longer walk in covenant with Jesus, then our covenant with one another, it just doesn't happen either. That doesn't mean you can't have a, a healthy honoring relationship with non-believers or with a non-believer and a believer. It just means that it's, it's a different, there's just a different DNA. Yeah, exactly. Yes, we're not talking about abusive relationships. Toxic, none of that stuff exactly. Amen. Okay.
2: I know I'm not gonna clip. Um I thought what you brought up was a really good point. In in any communication, you have to establish what your definition or connotation of certain words that you're using is because somebody might have a whole different idea. Exactly. And so like let's for starters, just establish what that means to you and what it means to me, and that we're on the same page. Then we can communicate.
0: Yeah. And again, in every type of relationship, it's going to look different between husband and wife. It's going to look different between um, brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. It's going to be different between you and your workplace and your boss. You know, there it's it's different dynamics, but but the tools are still just as important that we that we learn how to communicate with one another. And, well, we're going to get to some really fun stuff here. I'll just throw the one out. He's going to talk about it. We, we don't know how to read each other's minds. Unless you think that's a spiritual gift, which it's not. The prophetic is not reading your mind. Exactly. If you were really prophetic... Exactly. If I was prophetic, I would know what you're thinking at all times. So here's our core value. So we have the foundation stones, and then we have core values. So people of honor are prepared to confront behavior that threatens the health of relational connections. Really, that's the time to do the confrontation. When there's a threat at our connect, when a threat comes in to our connection, our relationship to the health of it, that's when it's time to find a safe space let's let's go find our you know let's let's have a, a coffee together or whatever feels comfortable sounds good okay foundation stone number eight a value for feedback who's going to read some scripture Tammy you want to read it sure. so, I don't too far.
4: so let's agree to use all our energy in getting along with each other Help others with encouraging words. Don't drag them down by finding fault. May our dependably, steady, and warmly personal God develop maturity in you so that you get along with each other as well as Jesus gets along with us all. Then we'll be a choir, not our voices only, but our very lives singing in harmony in a stunning anthem to the God and Father of our Master Jesus. Don't pick on people, jump on their failures, criticize their faults, unless, of course, you want them or want the same treatment. That critical spirit has a way of boomeranging. It's easy to see a smudge on your neighbor's face and be oblivious to the ugly sneer on your own. Do you have the nerve to say, let me wash your face for you, when, you, when your own face is distorted by contempt? It's this whole traveling road show mentality all over again. Playing a holier, oh, sorry, holier than thou part instead of just living your part. Wipe that ugly sneer off your own face and you might be fit to offer a washcloth to your neighbor. Wow.
0: <laughs> Danny loves the message translation of the Bible. It's, and I'm not used to it. Thank you for that gift once again. <laughs> (laughs) Um, Because I'm going to start reading the message. Yeah, wipe that ugly sneer off your face. Then, then you might be fit to take a washcloth and come get this smudge off. So good. All right. So cultivating the skill of giving and receiving feedback. So this is a skill. This is our challenge. We get to cultivate. Not cult. We're not a cult. We're going to cultivate the skill of giving and receiving feedback. And it's one of the most important keys to preventing relational conflict. If if strengthening and preserving healthy relational connections is our first priority, then we must courageously pursue awareness. Aha, say awareness, awareness. <laughs> of how the people around us are experiencing us. Hmm, how do you experience me when you're in a room with me? Well, oh, don't tell me, I don't want to know. <laughs> start with taking a shower, <laughs> put some deodorant on Scott, <laughs> drink a little less coffee. So um, we must courageously pursue awareness of how the people around us are experiencing us, how am I happening with you, as Danny says. We all need feedback that affirms what we are doing, oh excuse me, it, that affirm, feedback that affirms what we are doing well. And identifies areas where we can grow or improve we honor the people around us when we allow them to speak into our lives aha this is the tough part it's easy to give feedback it's really hard to invite it but that's half that's meeting together halfway down the road together something like that meeting together halfway I got to invite feedback I like guess not a one-way street Where did I stop? We honor the people around us when we allow them to speak into our lives. Oh yeah, then I stop right there. And they honor us when they give us feedback that will enable us to happen more effectively in our lives and relationships. All honoring feedback, especially correction, must be grounded in the Father's heart that enables us to see one another. Even as we make messes, as beloved sons or daughters who are destined and called to look just like Jesus. So all honoring feedback, especially correction, it has to be grounded in the the love of the Father, the Father's love, and as sons and daughters of God. Okay, what do we have next here? A couple questions. Examine your foundation. Time to check your foundation, guys. What is the most valuable feedback you've ever received? How did you respond to it? I'm gonna put all the questions up together. What is the worst feedback you've ever received? How did you respond to that? And then to whom are you giving feedback in life? Do you feel like your feedback aligns with the Father's heart for these people? Someone who's got a good story or testimony you wanna share regarding these questions? Or we don't have to. I'm just saying if you have something, um, we could just look at the questions and think on it. And something to pray about, ask God about. I'm not asking you if you have the most terrible experience to share it because we don't want you to open up a, an old wound and cause bleeding to happen again. And then you've got to repent and forgive and have a sozo. Any thoughts on this? Going once? Just pop a hand up if you got something. Going twice, move forward. Okay, core value, here we go. As people of honor, are we people of honor? Okay, as people of honor, we highly value giving and receiving feedback to create awareness of how others are experiencing us and how we are experiencing others we go. There's our core value. It's good. Who's ready to read some more scriptures? Foundation stone number nine, a safe place. David wants to read. I knew you. were wants to read.
1: Reading's awesome for anybody listening. Foundation stone number nine, a safe place. What this adds up to, then, is this. No more lies. No more pretense. Tell your neighbor the truth. In Christ's body, we're all connected to each other, after all. When you lie to others, you end up lying to yourself. Watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps. Each word a gift. Don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit... Moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. Make a clean break with all cutting, backbiting, profane talk. Be gentle with one another, sensitive. Forgive one another as quickly and thoroughly as God in Christ forgave you. Ephesians 4:25, 29 through 30. probably more for you to read
0: let's see I should have just had Tammy take a peek oh no that was the whole scripture part I have a question on that a question on that a
3: question on that um, speak the truth but that's that person's truth <laughs> you know it may not be everybody's truth or that even the person that you're talking to is true how do you deal with that
0: Well, I don't know if you guys understand. I I understand exactly what she's talking about. Does anyone not understand what Jill's asking? What's true to me may not be true to you. Like, what I perceived happened in the situation, um, you didn't even perceive it that way at all. That's where the whole confrontation comes in, to figure out what that person said to, to you affected you and give them an opportunity to, to say how your words or how your behavior affects them and then try to it's basically it's trying to understand each other. Kind of like what
4: Barb said. Well there's
2: okay, a couple of things. I mean there's truth, a truth and the truth. Right. And so you have to establish which one you're dealing with and hopefully get to the truth. Exactly. Uh, there's an old adage that uh, if you really want to know what happened in the event, don't ask an eyewitness. <laughs> because everybody has their own perceptions so. of There you
0: go, that's true. That, that's good, yeah. <laughs> I never heard that, but that makes a lot of sense. Don't ask an eyewitness. Everyone, we all see and perceive things from a different angle. That's why we're recording things. When we first uh, launched our church, we had prophetic words happening in the meeting. And then someone came back, some of the pillars in the house came to me later and said, did you hear what she said? She confronted this and this and this. I'm like, I did not even hear that. How can I go back and clean that mess up? I didn't, we didn't record it. So now we record everything so that we can go back and hopefully hear if someone uses the microphone. <laughs> You guys are so good about it. Yes, <laughs> we're going to get it all on tape. <clears> There's <throat> some good stuff, you guys. There's really good stuff. And that's why, again, the importance of communication, feedback, confrontation, the scary way of saying it, is so important. That we learn how to do that confrontation and feedback in a healthy way. Like, it's not a one way. I'm not just feeding you all of my anger and rage. It's It's... We're in a safe place because our number one value is to protect our connection. If my number one value is just to run you over with my bus, you better just run. You might as well just run. You might as well go to another church if that's the kind of person I am. Yeah, and and I'm sure we've all had that person in our lives as as an authority figure who it was a one-way street. They didn't really care how they... If made you feel they just wanted to tell you, you know, so anyway, but I, I'm not trying to... We all, we all got the t-shirt, been there, done that, okay, so we, we possibly may only get halfway through this tonight, I'm not sure, but we'll, we'll see, we'll see if we can, there's, there's, okay, we'll keep going, keep on going, just keep moving, well, that's Dory, so the goal of exchanging feedback is to give one another good information. All right, here we go. So this is important that fits in with what you two are saying. Give one another good information about how we are affecting each other in order to strengthen our relational connection. This exchange of truth will only be successful in a safe place, we're not talking about college safe spaces, okay? but in a safe, safe place which we create by communicating in kind and respectful ways. I'll just finish reading. <laughs> some situations come to mind. Here are some crucial guidelines for us. How to give and receive feedback that is safe, respectful, and truthful. Just a quick side note. Tammy and I, as we walked through a relational issue with a couple, I really hope you guys can stay plugged in if you can, because it gets distracting. Just for the record, I won't say who I'm talking to. Um, just in, in a situation, we, I gave this couple some tools in our conversation together as they took turns giving each other feedback the moment it began to feel disrespectful to the other person or it was too triggering i had them just pop a hand up or something like that kind of like hold on because sometimes when someone's giving their feedback they've kept stuff bottled up for so long they've kept a long list of offenses and then they begin to vomit all of that stuff on that person and they're getting overwhelmed and then their face starts to twitch and then they're just like I want to run and so you have to sometimes some situations you have to just a little at a time let's just peel one layer of the onion at a time so it's got to be kind and respectful to have success and it's got to be a safe respectful and truthful situation so here's some good tools When we give feedback, understand. So this is you giving feedback. This is you telling someone how you're, this is basically instead of them trying to read your mind or you expecting them to read your mind or your face or your emotions or your attitude or whatever, you're actually gonna use your words and tell them what's going on inside of you. This is the scary part, but here's some help. Understand that it's your responsibility to give the other person good information You wanna give them good information about what is going on inside of you. Do not expect the person to read your mind. Number two, address how you are experiencing the other person's behavior. Not what you think about their motives or character. So not blaming them, well, you're just doing this to make me mad or whatever. You need to be able to tell them how you're experiencing their behavior. This is how what you're doing makes me feel. Use, this is kind of funny, use a hero sandwich. (laughs) Send twice as much positive feedback. Send twice as much positive feedbacks. Boys, there's a typo there. I'll have to figure out what that's supposed to say. Basically, send twice as much positive feedback as you give constructive feedback. If you're going to give a little constructive feedback, sandwich it in with some positive. You're really awesome with this. And I love how you do that. There's just this thing that when you do that, it makes me feel really crappy. Does that make sense? Here? It is. Hey, you ever made sandwiches for people? Okay, so. When you're making a hero sandwich for someone, you're serving them, you're serving them the truth, but you gotta, you gotta couch it in with some positive feedback. Here's some more fun terminology. Use I messages. And if you don't have an iPhone, I'm sorry, but no. Anyway, I'm joking. Use iMessages to communicate the truth about your thoughts, feelings, and needs. The basic structure of an iMessage is this. When this happened, I felt angry. I need to feel peaceful between us. Does that make sense? So iMessages. When you did that or said that, it makes me feel a certain way. You're not blaming them, you're just telling them what, what their communication is doing to you. You're trying to explain to them why, why you're feeling something icky when they're communicating to you a certain way. And then you let them know, what I really need to feel is this. Like I need to feel like you value our relationship. Like we're more important as, a, as friends than the situation that you're trying to confront me with. And lastly, trust the other person to care about your feelings. Okay, so we need to trust each other. You need to learn how to trust them to care about your feelings and needs and be willing to adjust to protect your connection. Doesn't mean that we walk on eggshells because we don't want them to get mad, you know. We just have to learn how to be kind and patient with one another and respectful. Okay guys doing okay i know we're bridging nine o'clock but we're almost done actually this is going it'll go it'll go if i keep moving when receiving feedback so that was giving feedback now here's one you got to listen this is probably well it's equally as hard because that means you have to listen and not think about what you're going to say you have to listen because you're actually wanting to know what is going on inside of them like you're, you're, you're pretending you're a doctor in that moment. You're like, I need to diagnose what's happening here. What is ticking inside of you that makes me make you feel so angry? What am I doing? So listen in order to understand what the other person is telling you. You can't do anything productive until you understand what he or she is trying to say. Use reflective listening in order to gain understanding. This is what reflective listening is. Let me see if I understand this. So you're kind of reflecting back to them what they've said to you to make sure you're understanding what they're saying. Clarification. You guys picking up on this too? This is, I think this is good stuff. This will save you boys, girls, in your relationships and in your marriages, so much trauma and so much strife. Just ask anyone in here who's been married. This stuff if, if they would have had these tools early on, it would have helped in so many ways. Yep. Luckily, Tammy and I just, we went, got along to get along and get along. <laughs> and then later on, we learned how to speak to each other about the things that tick us off, right? That's right.
4: That's right.
0: And I just submit. I just, I submit. <laughs> okay. Did we get that last part? Listen to identify the need? No. Listen to identify the need that the other person's trying to express to you. They have a need that they're trying to get you to understand. Identifying the need will allow you to create a strategy for adjusting to meet that need and strengthen or heal the relationship. Doesn't mean that you're gonna do whatever they want to to, to fix that need. It just means you're going to try to understand it and see where you can adjust to accommodate. Examine your foundation. Here's some more questions for us. Do you expect people to know what you're thinking and feeling without communicating it? And all the jokers in the room said, I hope not. Duh. <laughs> you hope not. I thought you're supposed to have a funny answer. <laughs> oh. What makes you feel safe when receiving feedback? That's a good one. Maybe, maybe if we're going to give each other feedback, what makes you feel safe? In, in receiving feedback, Tammy. You
4: hmm. have to think about
0: that one. A date night first. <laughs> Dinner out, some shopping. Can't then give know, me The some. other way
4: around. <laughs> huh? I think validating um, how you feel towards that person, and being honoring in the way you talk to them. Because you can say you value someone, but really it comes out in how you speak to people, whether you're honoring them or or not. So. That's good.
0: I've got one too. Okay. Listening. What
3: was that?
0: Listening. Listening. If yeah. someone's really listening to you, or Yeah. yeah. So, lis- so listening? So I feel like they're listening <clears> to <throat> me. And I think that goes back to the other part when I was saying if you're going to listen for feedback, you really need to not be thinking ahead of what your response is gonna be. Actually listen to understand what's going on. Yeah. yeah. And what Tammy was saying, <clears throat> just as a, as a mini example that I can share, um, if, if I've had a, a bad day or I'm just feeling off, And I don't really like think I'm feeling that off, but it starts to come out in the way I'm talking to her. And if you know me, if you've been around me long enough, you know I get into, I inherited this wonderful gift called sarcasm. It's my love language. I joke about it all the time. Sarcasm is my love language. I try to use it back. I reflect that language back to my dad and he doesn't, he hasn't caught it yet. (laughs) so I have to let him know I'm I'm being goofy right now, or I have to laugh a lot when I say it. So He knows I'm joking. So, but, but I can be that, I can have an off day, and if my communication towards Tammy comes off kind of negative or just, you know, if, if she doesn't feel loved in my communication, then I need to, to, first of all, I need to learn how to say, look, I'm sorry. What I'm, what I'm feeling right now, I'm allowing to affect the way I'm communicating to you. And what I wanna remind you of is that I value our relationship above everything else. And so I would hope and trust that you will remember that if I do have an off moment so that you won't get caught off guard, but let me know when I'm coming across as being kind of grumpy. And so we've done that. We'll ask each other, are you doing okay? Are you having a bad day? And then if you ask that person if they're having a bad day too many times, they're going to be like, look, I told you I'm not, but I'm going to if you keep asking. (laughs) (laughs) Core value, people of honor create a safe place to give and receive feedback. That's our core value. We're going to to knock this out, guys. We're almost done. Foundation stone number 10, adjusting to meet the needs. Who's going to be my scripture reader? a hand up. Isabel? Tammy's gonna do it.
4: Get along among yourselves, each of you doing your part. Be patient with each person, attentive to individual needs, and be careful that when you get on each other's nerves, you don't snap at each other. Look for the best in each other and always do your best to bring it out. First Thessalonians five thirteen and fifteen.
0: I guess that's yes. not a scripture.
4: exposing your needs in a relationship and adjusting to meet the other person's needs are both expressions of honor our core value for people and relationships must include the willingness to adjust to people who may have very different needs than we do
0: so that's really that's really helpful exposing your needs in the relationship you got to let people know what what you're needing in this communication and adjusting to meet their needs are both expressions of honor. Tammy saying we need to shut it down. Well, we can. What do you guys do you guys feel like we need to put a pause on it here? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, well, from here on we're going to we'll, we'll be going more into the i messages and giving some some stuff on that. Let me just kind of skim yeah, pi- we are pioneering. I'm just going to repeat what, what she just said. We are pioneering this as a, as new territory, as a new frontier for our church. This is a topic that's rarely worked into the relational levels of of most churches. Bethel has this down. Danny Silk has been a part of Bethel from the early years. He did move. He he moved out of. Bethel Church with the Jesus Culture which is Jesus Culture is the youth movement that was at Bethel Church that created a music um, movement and so they were traveling doing concert tours and then they felt they wanted to plant a church in Sacramento so um, Banning Liebscher and the whole Jesus Culture music team which is a lot of the worship leaders that used to be at Bethel they all went out with and Danny went with them to establish Jesus culture church in Sacramento, but Danny is still a part of Bethel and he still speaks regularly and he helped establish this culture of honor in Bethel church. Now, just as a last thought, imagine a church of about 15,000 people, which means you have hundreds of leaders and a, a large amount of key leaders. They have to make a lot of big decisions, lots of big decisions. So they've had to figure out how they're going to communicate. And I remember Jeremy Riddle sharing one time, and he said, there's a lot of strong opinions in this place. And he kind of grinned and he's just like, oh, that tugging back and forth. When you have strong opinions and strong leaders in one place, that doesn't mean that it's gonna end up being major disagreements on every level and then people leave and rip hundreds of people with them. That's how some churches get started. People get offended, they get angry, and they follow one leader who has influence over a good chunk of people, and then they begin a new thing. But these guys have learned how to value and honor one another. And some, hmm?
4: It does, and it, valuing and honoring doesn't necessarily mean that they all agree on everything. Exactly. Like a lot of stuff in there, like with the main leaders of Bethel, they all give their input and feedback, but Bill makes the final decision on everything. And, but, anything, but, yeah. but, yeah, you know what I mean. But <laughs> he, you know, he does make that final decision, but he values, he takes into account everything that his leaders are telling him.
0: At Bethel Church, it's not Father, Son, Holy Spirit, yeah. and then Bill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but Bill is the senior leader, and he and whoever are the closest to him in the way they've, I, mean, I don't know how it all works out there, but I do know that they do defer to the, the final decision when they've had lots of prayer and feedback, yeah. sharing. And they've they have been successful. Yeah. You might go, in, go into a place where a lot of Bethel people are at and you'll hear a lot of encouragement, a lot of, like, it's just so much encouragement that you almost feel like, is this for real? Are these people just, you know? Do they ever complain about anything? I mean, they, some... it, it can feel fake, yeah. But when you're steeped in a culture of that and people are thriving and flourishing and coming alive in so much just honor. I mean, honor, is it's considered the currency of heaven as part of the language that they use. It's It just does so much. So let's pray. Why don't you guys stand up? We're going to just have a quick amen to this. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing, what this this key, this golden foundation that you're establishing here in our church. And we want to grab hold of it, God. We want to take it and we want it to go deep into our own lives. So we just say, help us, Lord. Help me, God. If I just put my hand on my own head, I'll just, oh, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord, God. We want to get this. We, we want to we treat your bride with the honor that your bride deserves. And we want to teach and help equip... Your church to love and honor one another so that we can grow strong and be a, a family that makes impact in our region, our city, for the kingdom of God in Jesus name. Yeah. Amen. And we will resume this next Wednesday. you guys.